This is a HeadGum Podcast. I have to say what I feel. Miami has so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami. You've got style. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2016. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you will ever need to listen to. I am H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of The Golden Girls, and then we talk about it. And we just watched Season 4, Episode 4, Yokel Hero, which aired on November 5th, day after my birthday, 1988. How old were you then? Uh, Six. You see how long it took me to do that imp math? Yeah. I was six. Uh, Yeah, I was six. Um... Uh, this was the episode where Rose gets wins the Saint Olaf Women of the Year Award. Woman of the Year Award. So much fun. Guys, if we sound at all weird or different to you, or if you hear someone panting in the background, no, it is not Carrie very thirsty. It is Carrie's dog, Sue. Carrie and Stan have a beautiful male dog named Sue. Mm-hmm. And He's a little baby boy. Baby boy wants to hunt my motherfucking leg. Stan is out of town right now, so you were kind enough to come over to our apartment to yeah. do the podcast this week. Come here, buds. Yeah. Um, come here. So he's literally... Our dog is perched right in front of the microphone. And I you think were he worried. You were worried about the dog not liking me or maybe being aggressive towards me. And I told you, I'm a dog whisperer. Animals love me. And what happened when we came in? Bitch, done haunt my leg. He, I will say, he. I have not seen him meet someone new whose leg he's tried to hump more feverishly than he's tried to hump yours. He, he, he's been going at it tonight. Maybe. I mean, okay. First off, basically Dr. Doolittle, so let's be real. But also, like, what if he reads that I've been having a lot of bad luck romantically and he's like, oh, I need to make up for that. This is my community service. I'm doing this for everyone. And he's humping he might. my leg. He might. He might get that. Are you my little grinder? You're yeah, my little grinder. Let's get to the episode. <laughs> um, this episode, this episode was really fun. It is fun. When I, I actually, when, when, because we were doing lots of stuff before we started it, so I didn't know, like... I really didn't know what this episode was about. Oh, I and remembered. I didn't. And then as soon as the, it started, I was like, oh, she won the woman of the year. This, I love this episode because it, like, we get... You're the travel. Such, yeah, it's a travel episode. It's a road trip episode. We get so much insight into St. Olaf, even though we only sort of see it at night when they're on a horse and carriage. We literally only see it on a horse and carriage. We only see it on a horse on and a carriage. Buggy. On a buggy. Yeah, at night, on a buggy. Um, but also, it's, yeah, I... Anytime the girls travel, I love seeing them on planes. I love seeing them on trains. And automobiles. And automobiles <laughs> with John Candy, without John Candy. That movie is so, so sad. It is. Yeah, it's sad. But hey, my wife likes me. I like me. That whole thing. The We're whole dating ourselves. Makes me cry. We are, I just said I was six in 1988, so <laughs> nobody's... I mean, 
Good luck for some. Nobody's going to have like a mic drop the way that we figured out Blanche's age that one time. So the beginning of the episode starts where the girls come in in sports attire. Oh, they are. They came in and I just wrote down bad news bears. Like, bad news bears. They are totally. They are all Svitsy. They're very hot. They're very sweaty because they played. They had, as Dorothy says, they have to choose the charity softball game on the hottest day of the year, which is probably really hot in Miami. Yeah. It was, yeah. I just love <coughs> Blanche is wearing baseball pants, like yes. the tight white baseball pants with the stripe down the side, and then like a golf sweater. Yeah, it was very. I feel like she didn't really. My legs are made for baseball pants because they're very large. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to get more specific than nope, descriptive, that's like it. because they're wider up top and nope. they get more narrow. You're they're just saying very, they're very large. large. I had someone. I did a show the other day where I uh, what I was doing stand up and. Like, after the show, after I got done with my set, I went back and I was, like, looking on Twitter and whatever, seeing, like, shit. And someone said, someone someone said, where did that guy get those pants? And I was wearing these pants and and Target, $14.99. And then I said, and then someone said, his legs are here. (laughs) And I said, yes, that's true. That was it. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. It was a it was a fun exchange. Twitter guys, Twitter. Twitter guys, Twitter. Uh, he made a sexual reference to my leg. I didn't need to. I don't. I, I, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't need to go into that. Was it the same guy who said, "Where do you get those pants?" Or the guy who said, "His different legs are guy, huge. different guy." Oh, a different a guy. A woman asked me where I got my pants because she liked my pants so much. Oh, okay. So that sort of balanced it out. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, Slept with the woman. There was a great joke in this scene that um, I. I thought they were going to go one way with the joke, and they pulled the rug out from under me and went the other way, oh. where they're talking about playing the softball game, and Blanche was like, only thing I enjoyed was stealing second okay, base. Okay. And I, th- yes, I thought the joke was going to go somewhere where they say, like, talk about like her getting to second base with a man. Yeah. That's where I thought the joke was going to go. That was the easy way the writers could have taken. Yep. But the Instead, joke was Dorothy's response. Dorothy responded... When have you not enjoyed sliding under a man? <laughs> Amazing. So good. Amazing. So good. But, well, I'm also imagining, like, she's stealing second base, which I assume means she's stealing from second to third? Yeah, I guess she could have been sliding under. No, she's she's... stealing from first to second if she's stealing second base. Okay, so then, yeah, so then I guess she's just sliding under the second baseman who's like... But we don't need to get that literal. That's a metaphor. Okay, fine, (laughs) fine. I'm just, you tell me I poke holes, I, you know, I'm... That's a hole you can't really living up to my reputation. Um... So the women then go into they're talking At about the how live hot show. It I called you CSI Carrie. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, so the, the it turns out the AC is broken. This yeah. is like the lamest, laziest B story in an episode. Because it they ends so quickly. Yeah, they didn't really need it. I feel like it was just an excuse for the, the ladies. They're just like, hey guys, it's hot in Miami. But we it haven't gave, tackled that it yet. It gave a wonderful setup for when the girls go into the kitchen and you see uh, Sophia in front of the refrigerator with her with her robe wide open. Just airing herself out getting yeah. that cool air and of course her back is to us so we don't see anything thank god um, her back is to us but yeah that was a really funny moment and um we also learned that sophia she pulled something out of the freezer because the girls are like let's have ice cream it's hot as fuck 
And Sophia pulls out a bag from the freezer, and it's her underwear, which she froze to stay cool. Have you ever done that? I have. Not with my underwear, but when I first moved to Los Angeles, I, my stuff hadn't come from New York yet. It took me two weeks to get all my stuff from New York, so I lived in this apartment. It was like the hottest two weeks in May, and I had like a teeny tiny fan that I bought, and uh, so what I would do is I would wet t-shirts and freeze them. <laughs> And then I would just like like lay them out over my body yeah. uh, when I went to sleep at night because it was so hot in the apartment. I was sleeping on a blow-up mattress. You know what I discovered during chemo that was like has changed my life forever? Jerking off in public? No, but yes. I found these things called a chill pad. Woo! Woo! Uh, you take that little pad. It's like a, it's like a I don't know what kind of fabric it is. It's some weird sort of like foamy fabric thing. You put it in cold water, not even like ice cold water. Just rinse it in the in the thing with cold water. You put that. You you shake it or you squeeze it out. You know, put it around. That thing stays wet and cold for hours. Yeah. Oh, and I put it right around your neck, and it feels so good. Ooh. Better than masturbating in public, or. Yes, better than masturbating in public because wow. because there's nothing worse than being hot in my book. <laughs> yeah, I hate being hot. Nothing. I, hate I mean, it. that's why I drive around even in like the winter with the AC on because I want to be cold. Well, the winter in Los Angeles, like you need to put like quotes, like inverted commas around. <laughs> when it's like winter. sixty degrees outside, I still have the AC on. <laughs> <laughs> that just sounds like a really bad commercial. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so the woman in the kitchen, Rose gets a letter from St. Olaf. She's so excited because she's been nominated for St. Olaf's Woman of the Year Award, which is huge. I'm laughing at the joke that's coming up after this with the oh, Mexican guy. So <laughs> then this man, you don't know if he's Mexican. He was doing the like most stereotypical Mexican accent. Yes. He was supposed to, the actor was playing a Mexican lawn person, which was very racist for the time. He was doing the whole, I, I don't want to do it because it's offensive, but he was doing that like, not cholo, but like, you know, like the typical like the Cheech and Chong Mexican accent that they have in those things. That's what he was doing. I don't know if he actually talks like that. I don't think he does. Anyway, you guys weigh in on that if you think it was a Mexican. I think it was. Um, do you know the difference between Hispanic and Latino? I don't. Hispanic... I only learned this like a year ago. Hispanic means someone like Hispanic refers to someone who lives in a country where Spanish is predominantly the language. Okay. Latino means someone who's come from a country in Latin America. So actually Mexico falls under both of those categories because Mexico is in Latin America, and also the predominant language in Mexico is Spanish. So that's the difference. Interesting. So, but that doesn't quite make sense. I guess it does, but I don't feel be, like... It can be both. I don't feel like Argentinians would call themselves Hispanic, even though Spanish is the language spoken in the country. And the same in Spain. But I think it's... <laughs> two white people arguing over Hispanic culture. No, wait, wait, wait. It's not, it's more, okay, hold on. We're doing this, guys, live We're doing right this. now. So, his, yeah, Hispanic refers to language. Latino refers to geography. Interesting. So people have just reappropriated it in a completely incorrect way. Right. So use it, guys. 
I mean, I no, don't actually no, don't use it because you're just gonna sound dumb because everyone has culturally accepted that Hispanic and Latino and Latina essentially mean the same thing. I think thing people think culturally. they're interchangeable. Yeah, exactly. So and some would argue that like like driving on the freeway, it is more important to stay with the flow of traffic than it is to drive the proper speed limit and slow up everybody else. Mm, and I Yes. <laughs> I don't know. We don't I, need to get into this debate. This is not a thing to talk about. Okay. But But I do, I hear you. Will you guys weigh in on it? <laughs> is it, what should we stick with having Hispanic and Latino be interchangeable? <laughs> or should we correct people from this point forward and even Hispanic people and say, well, you know, actually you're Latino, not Hispanic, because Hispanic refers to language and you are in the United States. <laughs> That would be so... I can't even imagine myself doing that to someone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. Like, think about it. Like, if someone said, I am so proud to be a Hispanic American, and then the white guy... This is totally an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And then the white guy goes, well, actually, you know, you're not Hispanic. You're Latino. <laughs> so, but but I'm saying though, but you can be both if you live in a country. But if a but if if a, you live in a Latin American but if country, a, a Latin person in this country, the United States, mm-hmm. calls themselves Hispanic. Technically, they're wrong because to if be they're Hispanic, not, right? If they have to be in a Spanish-speaking country, right? So you're saying if if someone who's from a Latin American country whose predominant language is not Spanish, calls themselves Hispanic. No, I, I, you're making it complicated. If, if, a, <laughs> if a Hispanic, if a, if a Latin person we in the United States... We just lost the listeners. Sierra, what, what, uh, what, what's her last name? Oh my God, she was a past guest. Help me. Sierra, <laughs> she was on the podcast. Santana. Yes, Sierra, okay. She is, she is of Latin descent, correct? So if she called herself... Hispanic, she would actually be incorrect because she does not live in a predominantly Spanish-speaking country. Right. Uh, yeah, right. But, but I would <laughs> never correct her on that because she can call herself whatever the fuck she wants. Like, look, I'm looking at a Venn diagram right now. Someone, has... white, someone white wrote this. Let's get back to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm so sorry, guys, if... So you said anything this, offensive. <laughs> I uh, I just was I when had to, I got to proudly say it to I, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm gonna text gonna Sierra. I'm gonna text Sierra and see if we can't call her. Right. Um, <laughs> so so <clears throat> there's a great joke when we'll just call him Fred because that's his name. The repairman comes in to fix the AC. Yes. Um, and this is the end of the problem, right? He comes in to fix it, and then this is the end of the B story. Yeah, this is the end of it. And, but, Literally but, in the same scene in which the problem is presented. <laughs> but there's a great joke where um, they're talking about how it's so hot outside or whatever. And Fred's like, again, not going to do his accent, but he's like, yeah, that old lady next door is running through the sprinkler in her underwear. And then Dorothy gets up and sort of as she's walking over she, to the window. Does, it was a, it's a great Dorothy it's line. It's a great physical she's Dorothy like, moment. He's like... What? There's no old lady. Ma! And like runs, runs. off. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's great timing. So <clears throat> in the next scene, uh, 
I love, like, Dorothy and Blanche are sitting on the sofa, and Dorothy is, they're both wearing, like, silk. Dorothy is wearing the most gorgeous, light, pale, pink silk shirt, long sleeve. Blanche wearing the most gorgeous, flowy, long sleeve, green silk shirt. They both, the two of them, they match not only the tablecloth in the kitchen, but also Blanche's, like, bedroom, like, blanket patterns and wallpaper. It's that you know, fern green and that very elegant light 80s Miami pink. It's just, and they're sitting on the sofa, which is also the same color as the pink. I was just like, wow, this is great. Um, and then uh, Rose comes in crying um, and she says she she's, just found out she's the most boring person alive. I've been there. Sophia has a great joke to this. She goes, does something happen to Regis Philbin? <laughs> now, I only know Regis Philbin as someone, as a shouter, as a man who's very energetic and yells a lot. Is Regis I don't Philbin think he had that boring? early on. When I was a, when I was a young child um, watching live with Regis and Kathy Lee, mm-hmm. which I did frequently, uh, to the point where I once, again, had a meltdown because... It was taped over with something else, and I specifically requested my mother to tape it every day. Um, but I don't remember him being a yeller as a child. I think that okay. was more of a how you want to be a millionaire, whatever that show was. Yeah, because I feel like that's when they were sort he of became a they were parodying him on SNL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so I she's upset like, because she's boring as fuck, and her accomplishments don't like they don't lead up to anything. Like they're not special enough. It's weird because like she's been nominated for this award. Again, I know you tell me not to poke holes, but, like, where did they get all of this information from Rose? Because it's such a surprise to her that it doesn't seem like she submitted herself to it. No. So, like, how are the people of St. Olaf checking in? Like, did someone nominate her? Well, if if we are to believe Rose's stories, there are five people in this town. Um, so I have a feeling they rotated and just sort of settled on her because they were like, we need to get Rose back. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's what it was, that they were just like, let's find out what Rose Nyland's up to. It's just It just seems like a really weird sort of contest or whatever's yeah. going on with it. Yeah. So even though she's been nominated for the, um, the, the Woman of the Year Award, she's upset that her accomplishments aren't worth a damn. And, and then I, I kind of got sad at this part. Like, Blanche said to her, you know, but no, you, you work at the suicide hotline. You help people, and she's like, "All I do is talk to them." Like, I want Rose to know what her That's self worth. That's deal. a huge thing. Yeah, she's helping people. She's helping people. Like, she. I, it makes me really sad that she writes that off, and that she even views it as just talking to them. Yeah, that's like a really sad low Rose moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a great, there's a great moment where Sophia, in trying to make Rose feel better says, you know, Rose, we were all put on this earth for a purpose. You know, Blanche works at the museum to help people learn more about art. Dorothy, your substitute teacher to teach kids. And Rose, you're here because the rhythm method was very popular in the 20s. And in case you don't know, I Wikipedia this because I was like, I'm pretty sure I know what this is, but I'm going to Wikipedia it anyway. And the definition of the rhythm method 
is a method of avoiding conception by which sexual by which sexual intercourse is restricted to the times of a woman's menstrual cycle when ovulation is least likely to occur. And I'm saying this as my dog will not stop just licking my hand like a madman. Stop. You know, I tried to apply that to a gay <laughs> sex lifestyle, and it doesn't really work. Yeah, because the whole, like, no ovaries, no fallopian tubes. Well, I tried to do it around, like, oh, you ate four hours ago. Oh, okay, so a different type of timing. Yeah. I see. I've always heard that... Never can get it right. I've always heard that a woman is most fertile and is most likely to conceive, like, the first week after her period ends. Also, similarly with gay men, they are most likely to be receptive to anal sex, uh, early in the morning after a release. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we're able to like yeah. sort of potato potato. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that yeah. we're able to sort of connect yeah. in, 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 in but this kind of way. The 10 a.m. window is actually the best because you've showered. Anyway. Yeah. We won't, we won't get into is that. Is it? Um, so Rose is incredibly upset. I mean, it's funny though that Sophia's like, Saying these nice things about the other women who don't really need it at the moment and then <coughs> still takes the, the moment to shit on Rose, which she does sort of redeem herself later. Um, but Rose storms out very upset and the girls look at her resume, which isn't that impressive. So they start to, they decide, Ro, or Blanche and Dorothy decide they're going to make it sound sexier. So they basically say that, like, Rose saved a bald eagle and a bunch of kids on a school bus during a large storm, which caused a mighty flood. You know, Blanche is getting super into it. Um, And that's what they sort of settle upon. Yeah. Uh, And then in the next scene, three men from St. Olaf show up wearing, like, different colored plaid scarves and long coats, which... Which I experienced that today, because it was a fairly warm day in Los gloom. Angeles. It's June gloom. It's June gloom, but it was warm, and I wore, like, a coat because it looked like it was cold outside, but it wasn't a coat cold outside. But then so much of my attire was based around that look that I couldn't oh. change it, and so then I was just fucked. So what if these guys who showed up, they looked outside, they were like, oh, it, it's overcast today, so they put on their scarf and stuff, and then they're like, fuck, we're in Miami, and it's the, it's the hottest day of the year. Well, because People they came in charity and they, they didn't say that they were hot. Like, I don't think they expected I didn't tell more. anyone I was hot anywhere I went today. I just accepted it as my look. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they had a look. I mean, this was the start of the the Harry Potter aesthetic of the episode. Because yeah. these men... I didn't notice that then, but you did. They, they, walk, they, walk, they walked, walked in and I just wrote down which house did you get into with house because like they all have long coats. They all have different colored striped scarves. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're triplets who look nothing alike. They're called like the Trippin' Hopper triplets. I, I missed the name. Um, but they said they're there because they need to conduct face-to-face interviews with the candidates of the Woman of the Year Award. Mm-hmm. And again, it's like... What is the, like, the award, spoiler alert, the award is a milk chocolate covered trophy. But they're treating it as if it's the Heisman. The town is paying. Is that how you pronounce it? The the Heisman? Heisman. Yeah. (laughs) But the town is paying for three men to fly all the way to Florida. No, no. We, (laughs) in the next few scenes, we see how travel from St. Olaf works. Okay. For all we know, they've been traveling this, they've walked there for a year. No, they haven't walked there for a year. Rose just received the letter. We learned it takes three days to get to St. Olaf. Maybe it they're took, really good at It's taken them three days to get there. And then when they do get there, they sit down and they 
they don't even interview her. Like, wrote, okay, and I guess I just got to take a step back and go with St. Olaf, but yes. Blanche and Dorothy answer all of the questions. As they should. And it's it's barely an interview. It's nope. a speck of an interview. Nope. And they mention that if Rose wins, they'll fly all of the other women out to St. Olaf. And then... Which is great. So inclusive. Yeah. It's great that they're like, hey, we're going to honor you, but like bring your friends too. Uh, and then at the end of the scene, they announce the three triplets, Rose, you're St. Olaf's woman of the year. And then they all toast with the the yellow mugs and say hopa or whatever and rose is super excited it's a great scene actually but then they play the music that they go out on is the music they usually play at the end of the episode it's like that wrap up like i can't even do it but it's just if you guys watch that episode after you listen to this podcast you just should. like check out this like the end of act you know music because it it is the music that they play at the end of the episode it's so yeah. long so then we 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 get on there's this beautiful now we now we get on the road shot trip part. of like it reminded me of like <laughs> like 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 70s plane footage. It was like B-roll like, footage. Like I thought I was watching MASH. Yeah, it was like a MASH footage. Yeah. It was like a MASH episode where a plane's flying overhead. Like and a small like tin plane. Yeah. Now, and they're all on the flight and and and, and the girls wrote or Do- Dorothy and Blanche seem totally unaware that the that it's going to take 3 days. They seem yeah. surprised. At yeah, that. again, it's one of those things where they, like they haven't talked about they haven't talked about any logistics of the trip before they took the trip. Yeah. Um also, isn't Dorothy's terrified of flying, right? Yeah, well, they kind of dropped that out for this episode. She fine. took a Xanax, whatever. Okay, fine. She took a Xanax. I love that also the seats of the plane are like tweed. It yeah. like feels so 70s. Yeah. Um so um <laughs> Rose mentions that they're actually flying to St. Gustav and then they're going to travel by land to St. Olaf, uh-huh. which is where we learn it's going to take them like three days to get there. And she, somebody mentions that right now they're flying over Beaver Falls. Yeah. <laughs> and when they do, the, there's a guy who's like, did you say Beaver Falls? And he's been, he's had a blanket over his lap in a way that makes me think like, oh, he's probably been jerking off. Have you? For the well, I won't say that. But then... <laughs> Wait, what were you going to ask? I was asking if you ever did that on a plane. No. And never? No. You've never had a little tickle tickle on a plane. No. Oh, I definitely I wouldn't be have. able to, f- no. I feel, well, you might have better, a- no, I guess we both have like the same amount of access. I wouldn't be able to like, <laughs> I would not be able to, f- like I would be so distracted at the, really? if I, at, like not getting caught that I wouldn't no, be able to. No, this is how you do it. You do it on a night flight. You get one of those blankets. Everything's dark. Ooh. But don't people see your hand like moving around? They be sleeping. But don't. But then. That's don't part of the fun, feel, Carrie. Don't people That's feel, part of the fun. Do people feel your seat like you're gonna have, jiggling. You're gonna have Roger, <laughs> the awesome flight attendant, come up and say, "Would you guys like anything to?" Oh, never mind. And my, then he just my dog walks is off. Panting. He wants to hunt my leg. He He's does. turned on right now because he knows that that's how he wants to his live his life too. Whatever. Or maybe this he's guy warm. hopefully was jerking off. Um, he jumps off the plane. No, okay, here's where we have to stop because yeah. he jumps out of the plane as if they're on like a skydiving mm-hmm. mission, which you don't fly up nearly as high as you do when you're on a plane that's traveling a long distance. Um, but also the flight attendant opens the the sort of the door and there's like no wind, there's no there's nothing. There's nothing. There's no safety precautions. They're not like, 
Everybody else, make sure you're strapped in. We're about to open the door of the plane and we're 10,000 feet in the air or 60,000 feet if they're like where a commercial airline should be. I'm assuming that's the altitude. Um, anyway, fine. Poking holes, poking holes. Yeah. Um, and then Rose says something that really just uh, digs the sort of guilt knife into <coughs> uh, Blanche and Dorothy. She's so excited that her best friends are here with her and... She says that, you know, the St. Olaf Woman of the Year Award is the highest honor in St. Olaf. And she says, it reminds us that no matter how many bad people there are in the world, St. Olaf is still filled with honest people living honest lives. And it's just like... Guilt. Guilt, 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 Twist, twist, twist. Then we get to the second part of our travels. We see Mm -hmm. awesome train stock footage of like a steam train. What is going on outside? We have it on record. Do people hear that? I heard, yes, I hear it in the headphones. Guys, did you hear that? That, well, that's, All right. That's, that's over now. Looking. That was terrifying. <laughs> that I'm was so creepy. glad you guys were here for that. Oh, God. Wow. I don't, you don't know what what if was... this would have been like the next, you know, making of a murderer and we would have been the ones finding it out because we got it on record. Then it feels a little bit more like the jinx. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, so now the women are on a train, and again, you said it, you were like, is this the Hogwarts train? Because um, it does, it looks like the train that all the kids take to Hogwarts. Yeah. It, beautiful train. Beautiful. Um, people, I feel like trains now, trains don't look like that anymore. Um, or did they ever? I don't know. I think at one point they did, and now yeah. they just look like, hey, great 80s Harrison Ford movie. Yeah, like the, the train that's in this episode, I'm like, oh, that's very opulent. This is like the Titanic of trains. You know? Maybe it was a local sort of like fun-themed train. <laughs> it was very nice. Yeah. And um, So they're going, they're going on the train, and they, um, they're about to go through some fog. Yes. It, well, they're about to go through a tunnel, but before that, they're, in, they're riding through fog, and there's a great joke where Rose goes, oh, I hate fog. And Sophia goes, why? You spent most of your life in one. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And um, Rose tells the story about the, the curse through the... But yes, but before that happens, her and Sophia excuse themselves to like go get a drink from the bar. Yeah. And Dorothy, who's sitting across from Blanche, sort of slides over and sits very close to her and goes... Blanche, I'm glad we're alone. There's something I think we should do. Oh, yeah. And Blanche is facing away from Dorothy, kind of like annoyed to be on a train and twirling her hair and acts as if what Dorothy has said is making her even more annoyed. And she responds by going, Dorothy, I like you as a friend, but I think I'll pass. <laughs> it's <laughs> so she great. She thought Dorothy was going to rock that. She thought Dorothy was. Yeah. What she should have done was just gone. Lesbian. Um, I'm not a lesbian. So then, sorry, so then they come back. And yeah, they come back and they, they've they're gone through the tunnel and Rose says that people have been known to vanish. Um, what was the name of the tunnel? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Go through the vanish, through the tunnel, through the darkness. And then when they come out of the tunnel. Well, she, yeah, and, and, and Blanche is meanwhile trying to come clean to her yes. about what they've done and and Rose is like, hold on, we're going through the tunnel. Here we go. Like they're on a theme park ride or something. Yeah. And then they go into the tunnel and it's dark for a minute. And Sophia's gone when they come out. They're gone when they come out. And Sophia's gone. And Dorothy starts calling out. She's like, Ma, Ma, where are you? Are you all right? And then we just, and, if I, and again, I thought, <coughs> I thought Sophia was going to yell out from the bathroom and go, I'm in the bathroom. But that, again, they didn't go with the easy joke, the writers. Nope. She says, are you all right? And we hear a f- 
toilet flush. Which I don't think is how bathrooms on trains work, but I wouldn't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know either, but we hear a toilet flush and Sophia goes, I am now. Which is so great. <laughs> so now we are on the horse and motherfucking buggy the on the way carriage. to St. Olaf. And oh, such a great, such a great, this really is the planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. Um, and I love that. So Rose Blanche and Dorothy are sitting on a stack of hay in back while Sophia rides up front with the guy at the horse. And all I can picture is, I mean, they're, they're on like a platform, probably on like wheels or some sort of thing. And there's just like either one or two burly guys on either side sort of gently rocking them up and down for the entire scene. Like yeah. that's what's going on just outside the shot that we can't see. Yeah. Um, and, and, Ro- and, and you know <laughs> Betty White probably made some sort of, like, slide sex joke about the two burly men shake, rock, rocking oh, the boat. You know she, she was the one that did that. Yeah, where she's like, and then, come by and rock my bed later. And then B. Or, Arthur was like, I'm going to my trailer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Blanche, there's a funny moment where Blanche makes, like, a comment about how beautiful the stars are, you know, because... You know, when you're in the city, sometimes it's hard to see the stars at night. And they got like stars the, in Miami just fine. I know, but maybe they're just brighter in the middle of nowhere, St. Olaf. And Blanche goes, oh, I can just reach out and touch those stars. And Rose goes, I can't tell you how many people in St. Olaf have fallen off their roofs trying. <laughs> Which, like, just more insight into the type of people that St. Olafians are. So true. Um, and then I, again, it's like this says so much about... The people of St. Olaf and what's normal there when um, Rose, and again, I don't know how the fuck she's seeing this shit in the dark, but Rose is like, oh, there's my friend Ingrid's place. Oh, it's been so long since I've seen Ingrid. And I feel like this is such like a big, notable Golden Girls moment. And Blanche is like, well, why don't you just give her a call? And Rose is well, like, she says it like, she says it in a way that's like, why don't you just give her a call sometime? Yeah. Like, just sort of very like, matter of fact mm-hmm. at some point yes and, and and rose is like oh i should that's a good idea and then she starts she goes ingrid that's good you did well on thank that. you yeah. and she goes rose nylon is that you like calling back and at this point you were like why doesn't rose have that accent anymore yeah i wonder what happened to her like you know i mean Although, you know what? Barbara Streisand still has her <laughs> accent. She hasn't lived in Brooklyn in years. I will say, maybe it's like, you know, it's 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 how like some people's hair holds hair color better than other people's. Where like, you just don't know how porous your hair is. Like, I used to have the thickest Massachusetts motherfucking South Shore accent. Did you really? I, like, I had such, and my family does still have such a thick accent, but I had a really thick accent. And then I moved to Georgia and it just like in that and living there for four years in that time, this is what it sort of changed neutralized you. to. Yeah. So, but yeah, like it, you know. That's interesting um, yeah. because I at one time also had a Boston accent, even though I was living in <laughs> St. Louis, which is weird. But then I lost it. You know what I, you would say is, which is weird, because then I lost it. Which is weird. Yeah. Because then I. I lost it. I can't do it, guys, because I lost it. Should I just do the rest of the podcast in a no, Boston accent? No, you really shouldn't. All right, I'm going to do it for a minute. Um, <laughs> let's see. Okay. Well, so, so at oh. this point, this is when the girls are about to fess up. <laughs> yes, but before they do, before they do, um, 
What was the name of the other woman who was supposed to win the award? Who was also up for the award? Oh, so Emma. Her name was Emma. That's all we know. Emma Engelhofer. It was Ro- Ross and Rachel's baby yeah. girl. Um, she Rose learns that she was the woman. That's the woman that Rose won to. Yep. Yeah. And the man who's like with the the man who's pulling them in the the buggy who's on the horse. Yeah. What's that guy called? The uh, coach. The coach. Um, Craig T. Nelson, he, uh, he says like, oh yeah, in, uh, Emma was great. You know, she was running that orphanage. She was taken in the homeless and yeah. running a soup kitchen. And Rose is like, whoa, how did I beat her? Like after she did all that. And he's like, but Rose, you saved that bald eagle, which like, <laughs> that's not what he says. He just says like that she has great accomplishments. Would Rose have actually won? Like, she saved a bald eagle, but this woman ran an orphanage and would take in the homeless and ran a soup kitchen. But, okay, I gotta call shit. I'm gonna boo a CSI moment for a second. Um, you can just say, pull a carry. I'm gonna pull a carry. There, it, this is St. Olaf. So if she runs a soup kitchen and takes in the homeless, that means she makes, like, one can of Progresso and, like, has a dude sleep over her. Just saying, it's probably not like New York City homeless. Okay, all right, that's fair. Know what I'm saying? Um, so when Bl- when Rose is a little surprised that she's still beating Emma, mm-hmm. um, Ro- Dorothy and Blanche confess, and, yes. and Blanche is like, and they do it because they say that they just they love her so much and she deserves and that she deserves because they know how great she is person. But Rose gets really upset. She was like, "You lied! You lied!" She asks the driver to stop at the first phone. Um, and then that's sort of where that scene ends. Yeah. And I gotta say, this, uh, this story wraps up so quickly. And so quickly. This is such like, <coughs> it's such a rose thing to very quickly forgive the girls. This has happened time and time again. We talk about it in other episodes, but like, they, when we do come back, it's like the women are back home, the AC is fixed, they're all happy. Dorothy's wearing another green sweater that matches the tablecloth. And then Blanche and Dorothy apologize. They're like, Rose, we're really sorry for what she did. And she's like, I can't stay mad at my best friends. You were just trying to help me. You were, And then she does say something, a nice like backhanded thing where she goes, you weren't raised in St. Olaf. It's not your fault. You're two-faced liars. Which again, like I guess is like kind of digging it in a little bit. But yeah. <laughs> I feel like... I feel like there was a whole speech where they apologized and maybe Rose didn't want to accept and they made a grand gesture, but the writers had to cut it out because for whatever reason, Harry Weston from Empty Nest had to stop by (laughs) for three minutes of FaceTime. So Richard Mulligan, guys. We should we should name Richard. Richard Mulligan. R.I.P. At this point, we Googled it. We looked at the date of when the pilot episode of Empty Nest aired. And we're not talking about the shit spinoff, like, weird crossover episode they did on the Golden Girls. No. But the the rebranded Richard Mulligan new Empty Nest Better Empty pilot, Nest. The, the episode that aired, aired in October of 88. And this episode of the Golden Girls aired a month later, November of 88. So at that point, Empty Nest was only on for a month. And they're probably, you know, they're probably like... We got to get more eyeballs on our show. Let's have Harry Weston stop by. And I guarantee you within that first month, if we watch the first few episodes of Empty Nest, I bet you their Golden Girls make appearances. Yeah. On the first, we'll have to, if, if you guys know fans, if you guys know off the top of your heads, if the Golden Girls were in the first few episodes we of Empty Nest. We could just check IMDb. We could, but I like giving, I like giving out homework assignments. Okay. Go guys. Fly. Yeah. Be free. Um, 
So he stops by and has some like sort of, you know. He delivers the mail. Yeah, he delivers. Well, it's funny because he comes by with Rufus the dog. And Blanche, as if she's the audience, goes, why are you here? <laughs> like, I mean, she says it in a very sexy way, but I was like, yeah, why is he here? Oh, and her nips are totally checked in this episode. Yeah, she's... Like, you see, she has tiny nips. I did not mm. peg her for a woman with tiny <coughs> nipples. Oh, I've seen them before. Whenever what? she wears... Because she's worn that negligee multiple oh, times. Oh, I thought you actually saw them. No. I would, th- that would have been a conversation we had on day one. Because you've, like, met all of the Golden Girls or shown Betty White your tattoo on Jimmy Kimmel. And I have yet to... I've never met any of them. I've never... Nothing. So like, There's only one left now. I know. But <laughs> if I ever had anything over you when it came to, like, things I had on the Golden Girls that you didn't have, believe you me, I would have told you a long time ago. You know what, Carrie? There is something you have over me. With What's that? that? That is very relatable to the Golden Girls. What's that? Nipples? A vagina. Yeah. Okay. Oh, what? My dog's looking at me. Um, yeah, that's maybe maybe vagina is his code word for attack. Oh, vagina! <laughs> Sorry, he's been licking my hand for a lot of this. If it just sounds like somebody's going down on somebody on this podcast, it wasn't me. <laughs> we're uh, not doing weird stuff, despite the fact that we're talking about like, have you ever masturbated on a plane? Um, yes. So yeah, so Richard <laughs> no, so Richard stops by for what it doesn't matter. So Richard basically takes away the emotional moment of the episode because he needed to make an appearance. And he brought them their mail, and Rose opens a package. It was the St. Olaf Woman of the Year trophy. And I loved this joke. She's Because I love how matter-of-factly Rose is about it. She's like, what was Emma's last name? Ingle Hopper Schmidt. I don't know I think, what it yeah, was. Yeah, we'll just say Ingle Hopper for now. Yeah. And she goes, oh, I, I, it looks like I won it because they found a skeleton yeah. in Emma Ingle Hopper's closet. And they're yeah. like, what skeleton? And she, very matter-of-factly, she just goes, Mr. Inglehopper. <laughs> Which, good. of course, is very matter-of-fact to Rose because Rose doesn't know the expression skeletons in your closet. Yeah. So then the, the award, <laughs> they're looking at the award as if it's like this, it, I mean, it's like an Eiffel Tower level award. It's huge. And they're looking at it as if like it's this like gold piece of like shiny metal or whatever, but it's so obviously gold tin foil. I guess I was I was writing down notes. So I it didn't was get so obviously gold tin foil. And then wrote, and then Dorothy or no Blanche says, "Is this solid gold?" And she's like, "No, it's 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 in, it's milk chocolate." Which again, just one more glimpse into yeah. what the people of Saint Olaf are like. And then here's where after Sophia has spent the entire episode shitting on Rose, she kind of redeems herself. Where I think somebody says something like, "I don't know what to say" or something, and Sophia goes like, "I do." And then she holds up her glass and kind of mimicking the Hogwarts triplets from earlier. Yeah. She goes, congratulations, Rose Nyland. You are St. Olaf's Woman of the Year. And then all the women go like, hoppa, and they toast. And and that's the end of the episode. Yay. It's really sweet. It's a sweet, fun episode. It's a sweet, I enjoyed fun it. episode. Um, and all, I, hope that they, I hope that they were keeping an eye on that chocolate because Harry Weston brought Rufus over. And yeah. we all know dogs and chocolate. It's a no-no. Well, he does make an appearance after. So, like... Yeah, we know Rufus comes back. We know he's okay. Yeah. But just like, you know. Don't do it. Yeah, just be careful. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Guys. This is the dog. I'm looking at the dog. Um, uh, golden takeaway. I, you know, I like this episode. My golden takeaway from this episode is that I think we need to talk with Sierra about this Hispanic bit. And I just happen to have her. Let's get her on. Hi, Sierra. 
Hello, how are you? Thank you for being my golden takeaway. Sierra, you were on a past episode of Out on the Lanai, and you were amazing. So I'm so glad that you could help settle this conversation that Carrie and I had earlier on in the podcast where we, so Carrie brought up, she asked me if I knew the difference between Hispanic and Latino, and I said no. And so Carrie pulled up this website, (laughs) diffin.com. It should just be called written by a white person.com. And it says, uh, Hispanic definition, Hispanic refers to language. So Hispanic, if you are and or your ancestry, ancestry comes from a country where they speak Spanish. So like, like, for example, if you are living in the United States, but you know, you come from your parents are from Mexico, then you can call yourself Hispanic because that country speaks Spanish. So, Okay. That's the Hispanic definition. Latino definition refers to geography, specifically to Latin America and people from the Caribbean, South America, and Central America. So essentially, how I'm reading this from this website, Diffin.com, is that if you call yourself Latino, it can only be if you're in a Latin country. Would you agree with that? I could buy that. Yeah. 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 So, um, Sierra... First off, what do you call yourself? We, you had, before we started recording, you had a really nice way, a really pretty way of describing yourself. Yeah. Uh, my family, like most is from Mexico. So I'm Chicana, I am a Latino, or Latina. We're from Latin America. Chicana means I'm a Mexican. Yeah. I never refer to myself as Hispanic. I think that's kind of a broad term because that refers to people... In Spain, that's European Spanish, and culturally, people in Spain and people in Latin America are very different. They're just united by a common language. So then, if someone came up to you and blanketly assumed, oh, so you're Hispanic American, what do you think about fill in this Hispanic issue, like, let's just throw out building a wall. Fuck you, Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> what? Fuck Donald Trump! I need to <laughs> but if someone did that to you, would you correct them and say, um, actually, I'm Latina and more specifically go into your heritage? Or would you accept sort of the cultural norm that this basic person said? Um, I would just assume that they're an uninformed person to just be like, oh, you're Hispanic. Like, oh, that's not really what you would say if you really want to know where I'm from and say, where are you from? And then... So from there, I am not from Spain. I am a Latina. So from Latin America, I would correct them because I think it's it's very general. Good. It just sounds very uneducated to me. Moral of the story is meet people where they're at. When you introduce them or maybe you have questions, is it a, I mean, would you be offended if someone asked you, how do you, how would, how do you refer to yourself? No, I don't think I would. I mean, that's like someone going up to you and saying, Oh, you must be European. Like, what? Yeah. What does that even mean? You would say, no, I'm, I'm an American? Or yeah. I, I don't know what you would say. What would you say? I would say I'm a Jewish American. You're a Jewish American? Yeah. I yeah. would put it in And if someone word. was really curious, I don't... I mean, me personally, I wouldn't be offended. Other people may be, but I'm... You can ask me. It's cool. So basically, why we have reappropriated this to make Hispanic and Latino interchangeable is because 
white people suck, sorry guys listening, and that we should be respectful of people identifying themselves however they feel or that they are identified as. It's a good takeaway. Good takeaway. I love this. Sierra, thank you for being part of my golden takeaway. Sierra froze. Yeah, <laughs> she's back. She's back. Yay, thank you for being a part of my golden takeaway, Sierra. Where can people follow you on the interwebs? You can follow me on Instagram at Viva La Santana. I don't know if you can uh, spell that, but spelled how it sounds. <laughs> Twitter at Sierra Santana. Sierra like the mountain, Santana like Carlos. Santana. Ooh, I love that. I love you. He didn't know. <laughs> love you, Sierra. Love you. Thanks. Thank you. Wow, what an enlightening conversation we just had with Sierra that we definitely didn't record after <laughs> what we're about to say right now. We're not um, great with editing. My golden takeaway, my golden takeaway for this episode is if you win some kind of award and you you know you're going to ask your friends to go with you, don't be a dick. And tell your friends how long the trip's going to take and how long you expect everybody to be gone away from your homes. <laughs> and if it's going to be a three-day trip just to get there and you don't tell your friends it's going to be a three-day trip just to get there and then you're going to be there for like four or five days and then you're going to have to take three days to travel back. I mean, your friends at this point are going to have to like call into work and say, look, I'm not going to be there because I'm with my friend and saying, well, for like four or five days or whatever. <laughs> tell your friends. That's all I'm saying. Tell your friends, I love that you're supporting me. This yeah. is going to be a week's worth of support from you. That's all I'm saying. It's yeah. just be upfront with your friends. I like that. I like this. I like it. That was that was that was like 19 year old Carrie. I don't even know if I fully got it back. I don't think so. It still felt a it little. It sounded like I was in Google <laughs> hunting. That's what it sounded like. I feel like I'm in. I'm Matt Damon, ready. Um, guys. Oh, before we go, yes. and I want to make sure we do this at the end of every episode, um, the next episode that we will be watching is Bang the Drum Stanley. So if you guys want to watch the episode before the next episode of the podcast, that's the next one that we will be watching, yeah. Bang the Drum Stanley. <laughs> bang, bang. Oh, we should have Stan back on for that one. We should. Yeah. Make, I mean, you you are close with him, so you should I am probably... close with him. I do know him. Yeah. Um, I will, uh, yeah, he's out of town. I'll and to guys, check. this has been Out on the Lanai. If you want to, for more GG fun, you can go to outonthelanai.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Golden Girls Pod and on Facebook at Golden Girls Podcast. Yes, and I am Carrie Doherty, CarrieDoherty.com, Squid Eat Squid on Twitter, and Squidzy on Instagram. And I am a challenge, Scott, on everything. And Sue does not have any social media because he does not believe in it. But he just believes in books. He does not. <laughs> um, but if you guys want to support the podcast, you can go to outonlinei.com slash donut. And you can set up to donate monthly. With We've partnered with Patreon. And we really could use your support because we want to go on the road. We want to take these live shows to you guys. And we want to up our sound equipment as well. So, like, please consider giving a donation. You can do a one-time donation. Or you can do a monthly donation of any amount that you want to give. Yeah, and every every dollar counts. So if you think I can give five dollars, I don't think five dollars is enough. Like, guess what? Five dollars from ten people—that's fifty bucks. Look how quickly I did that math. That's great. The helicopters. I think that person <laughs> did die. I think that you hear that helicopter. 
I think that when that noise that we heard during the podcast, I think that's someone dead outside, and I think we're going to walk out to a bloody scene. Is this going to be another Unsolved Mysteries thing where you think you you watched an episode of Unsolved Mysteries and the woman that was wanted for murder was your substitute teacher? What if they're dead? Guys, we have to go. Um, So uh, we are a part of the HeadGum Network. Awesome, awesome. Check them out. So many great podcasts. And we are hosted by Spreaker. And you guys, remember... Stay golden. golden. That Sue, Sue's hiding. She know. He knows. He knows. We're gonna die. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs> <laughs>